I can hear you breathing. Please stop. Eggs Dauphine, my lady. Blanche, I said I wanted scrambled eggs. Blanche, you idiot! You got egg upon my snood! He was gonna wear that today. Now he has to select another snood. This is The Script, the official podcast of the NYC Screenwriters Collective. I'm David Negrin, and with me tonight to analyze the new comedy series, Another Period, on Comedy Central, I have Christina Leith Malin, a screenwriter of comedy and horror, an instructor at the NYC Screenwriters Collective. Hi, Christina. Hello. Uh, Christi- yes, and Christina is black. She wanted me to let you know. <laughs> I also have I also have with me tonight Cara Buller. She's a comic. Uh, she's appeared on Last Comic Standing, and she writes for Bust Magazine. Cara, hello. Hi. Hello. Cara is a white person. Um, <laughs> Melissa Pagnata is on. She's a sketch and short form comedy writer, a screenwriter, a comedy performer, and producer. She's worked in development at various TV networks and a few independent comedy films. Melissa, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Tonight, guys, we're doing another period. Comedy Central TV series. It's our first TV series. I'm outnumbered tonight. We've got honorary tool. Yes. Yes, I'm the I'm 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 the minority speaking for men in this situation. Okay. Um, let the period jokes begin <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say that uh, uh the show another period the creators are natasha Legero and ricky lindholm is that how you say your last name lindholm Lindholm. yeah yeah uh you know uh natasha Legero uh is a stand-up comic uh she did a lot of uh uh stand-up comedy she's been on uh, she's a comedian. She she was an actress on Ugly American. She had, did the voice of Callie Maggotbone. She was on Jay Leno, Craig Ferguson. She's big time, and she's a Comedy Central favorite. Uh, she was also a roundtable. Into a lot of roasts. Yeah. yeah she, oh yeah, she's doing like the roasts. Like a stand out on the roast. Yeah. Yep. Um, she was a panelist on Chelsea Lately uh, mm-hmm. when that was on. Um, Aww. Yay. Good and, chance. And and Beatrice Ricky Lindholm. She was uh, she's a Comedy Central fame. Uh, uh, favorite as well she was an actress first she was on gilmore girls house big bang theory united states of tara and uh she's more well known for being one of the two of garfunkel and oats have you guys seen that show on comedy central yeah they're fantastic they're very funny very funny so another period created by natasha and ricky um, and it's uh, all the episodes are directed by Jeremy Connor, who we know uh, he's he was the director of Drunk History on Comedy Central, which is a very oh that show. was such a good series, Funny yeah. Guy mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So this is a, this is like a total Comedy Central uh, uh, like all stars show. I just want to start off with people's general thoughts on the pilot. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I laughed. I cried. I want to see it twice more. It was better than Cats. It was so good. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. She's good, Melissa. It was oh, yeah. Um, I called it but the way I'm jumping off over. I called it like the um, MTV Cribs meets Downton Abbey. That's what I Absolutely. totally called that. Cribs. <laughs> Loved it. 
I, I mean, it's pretty I, accurate. I, felt, I, yeah. I felt there was like there was a lot of there was definitely like Real Housewives format mm-hmm. with with the confessionals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We can and, talk like, about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can definitely talk about like what are the comedic premises that they slam together into this show because there's several. But um, Cara, what did you think of the show? I I I could barely make it through the pilot. Like I had to like. I'm, I had to make phone calls. Like, I'm sorry. I, I just was, like, I, I was like, I signed up to do this podcast and I have to watch this show. And it's so, I, I, I'm sorry. It was so, I, I just didn't find it funny or smart or like, not for me. Not for me. It was too silly what? for you. Okay, so I've been a huge fan of Natasha Leggero for a long time. And I love this like persona she embodies in her standup. And I think it translated well to the show. So I had like really high expectations. I I do kind of agree that the pilot was super ambitious, which is fantastic for Comedy Central. It does have a lot of elements to it, perhaps, that seem overwhelming at first. But I think by the second episode, they get resolved and refined really nicely. But I I do kind of get you with the... It was kind of like a lot at once. But It was fast. It was dense. Yeah, I liked fast. it. I thought I, I yeah. had to keep up. I actually had to watch it twice to get it all. Yeah, exactly. I had, I, there was definitely some laugh out loud stuff. They're doing so much in this pilot. They're doing so much at once that I think uh, Melissa's point that... That, that maybe it, it gets glossed over. There's not enough of one thing. We don't know where to go. But there is I so much potential there. It's amazing. It's a great piece. Did you not I, see that it was like a direct t- like takedown of all PBS programming? I, yeah, I'm just sort of, I, like it, when I, for me, when it's like keep it simple. Like uh, with an SNL sketch, like just attack Downton Abbey. Don't try to attack like three different genres yeah. and like hire two not so great <laughs> writers. Oh goodness. I'm sorry. I just I, thought they're trying to like, going deep. Wow. I, I, I'm sorry. I've been doing this for like a long day on this podcast. <laughs> I, I think that's what makes Comedy Central shows so wonderful right now is that they have such smart um, kind of fearless writers and I think it's actually very satiric and to be to address current issues through a historical time period I think is I think it's amazing um, I think it's very smart actually what, what are very... the premises of this show if you had to say what are the comedic premises here oh god there's so many yeah uh... there's a lot that's why I made a yeah. list but what do you guys have like what's the series engine for this thing hmm Upstairs, downstairs, obviously, right? They're they're doing yeah. the Down Abbey thing, but they're doing it to an extreme where the mm-hmm. servants they're absolutely just abusing the servants, right? Absolutely. Well, it's yeah. not just Down Abbey too. It's like I feel like it's a funny kind of funky homage to Dynasty era of kind of like reality meets the old school uh, drama melodrama. Yeah. It's total melodrama style. Absolutely, and when I, that's why I think they could you know. they could heighten it even more. Like really mm-hmm. go, really for it. like really go for the jugular. You is know? that why I thought you didn't like it? You you want yeah. more? Is that what you? Oh, you got to go real mean. I think you got to go. They call her chair. I think uh-huh. I think they could go worse than chair. Mm-hmm. You know, chair. I, let's get real. <laughs> no, I don't know. It was what is it? Is it? Is the comedy R rated at all? Is there any sex humor? <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, second episode, right? I think it's PG thirteen. Oh, I didn't see. I'm, I've oh, only done pilot. The second episode, I think, definitely makes it R. That's well. Good. The two meat sticks was kind of that R. was funny when you put that them together. So... <laughs> it's called log stick. <laughs> <laughs> no, so 
Okay, so that's the other premise of this show is they're using modern tropes and memes and language in this period. So jumping between those, it reminded me a lot of uh, 10,000 Ways to Die in the West. I was just thinking that. Were you? Okay, because like Seth MacFarlane did that. He's like a guy in the West who just keeps making fun of... Uh, you know that the fact that he's in the West and that people can die of a flu and that you know the people you know your only job is to take care of sheep and um, <laughs> you know there's a funny joke in Ten Thousand Ways to Die in the West and he's like why are these Indians so mad I don't know like like we're basically splitting everything fifty fifty with them yeah. they're just selfish like just like making a joke about the era itself and so That's they do funny. that on this show. Now, see, that's what Agreed. I think the similarities are, is that it's not it's it's jokes about that era, but it's almost more it's like someone looking back from our period and then making fun of the era, not someone within the era making fun of it. And that's what I think makes it distinct, too. Because it could, at times I forget yeah. that they're even in like the 1910 or whatever it is, because yeah. they, they I mean, they're dressed fancy, but it just looks retro to me. Um, hmm. That's so that's and, but there's also kind of a little bit of like tell it as it is. A sex scene never happened that quick with all that fucking shit that people wear. <laughs> that was so yeah, that funny. Was, that was amazing. Yeah. I loved that. I thought that was kind of like, okay, give it to me the real way. And yeah, mom doing opium, it's not sexy doing opium. You look like a stoner. You look like you came from a Grateful Dead cop. <laughs> but like that, that sex scene where they're taking off all the clothes, Cara, is that, that was too dry for you? It's it's a fun joke. That's a fun joke, but it's it's it went on a little long. Or like, let's move on to the next. You know, is that is that the best you got? Maybe that's the yeah. point. That's yeah, the, I think that, that is, is the point. It's the language. Car, Car wants more like more tempo. How would you like I, I, that scene? I just kind of like razor sharp. I kind of feel like um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Like within, I know I'm in good hands. Like there are razor sharp jokes within you know, the first three sentences. Yeah. And this opened with a snood joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, they, they're yelling at the servants for doing... For, no, the first thing he says, I can hear you breathing. Please stop breathing. <laughs> so that's one of the other premises, too, I, that it's on my list, is just mm-hmm. regular, like, eat-the-rich comedy. Like, wealthy people suck are ridiculous in whatever era it is. So that's yet another premise there on top of this. Um, then, so when then we have the modern language and tropes in a period setting, we have the making fun of an era itself. We have the upstairs, downstairs. Um, we have Lillian and Beatrice, right? Sort yeah. of uh, one of them smart, one of them's kind of a um, not as smart. She kind of plays the the dumb girl, right? But. And one's aware, one's more aware. I don't think one's smarter. I think no, they're both exactly. dumb. Yeah, they're both a little... <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> when, when Beatrice gets the telegram, she's like, oh, oh, <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> right? And that's a joke both ways, that she's not the, as smart one, but it's also a joke that you know, people might not read back then. Who not knows? people, women. Let's get to it. A lot of women didn't have proper education, so that's they right. had their manservant or whoever got a side education reading things that they couldn't read because they were just the heads of households mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. what about helen keller as a main character <laughs> in this show that is yeah. fantastic i yeah, loved it, was, it yeah i was a little unsure at first but it, it worked so well because they, they made her <laughs> awesome yeah. if they yeah. made fun Cars of her quiet make cars speak <laughs> uh, what did I you like- 
I cracked a smile. With Helen Keller, I cracked a smile, especially when she lost her shit. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm like, come on, She has to wine, feel people's coke face. Wine, mostly coke. She feels people's face, and she's like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. But then as soon as she feels Natasha Legero's face, she goes to town on her. She just starts beating the shit out of her. Um, uh, I, I, I realize, too, the ugliest sister or the third sister out, that's the chick from Scandal. And she's kind of playing the new, um, I want to say, sister act, the Kathy Najimi role, that kind of My Big Fat Greek Wedding. She's playing mm-hmm. that archetype now. And have you noticed that? I didn't Does notice that. Know that. No. I didn't get enough from her. I think there's more to do in that character. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the not as pretty I like that sister. she was triumphant. I like that she was smart. She was the only smart sister. I like right. that she was the that most like intelligent sister. Yeah. And she was kind of, kind of the what you can say about all three sisters is, and they're dim or they're snooty or they're intelligent way. They're all kind of sarcastic bitches, in their own beautiful way. Right, that's they're all super entitled, and that's because that's one of the premises. Um, well, I like that she was like the voice of reason. She was sort of like the reasonable person, right? Yep. To me, I kind of look to her for like, like I'm with her. She knows who Helen Keller is. You know, she's not an idiot. Right, she brought <laughs> like, in someone for the suffragette movement. And they, they actually yeah. had a really like, bad why joke Why do we want to vote? The vote joke was funny, right? Like, like do it. we have to do that every day? <laughs> but then the joke about suffragette has been made over and over again. So, you know, why would we want to suffer? That was kind of hackneyed. Um, I cringed with that. There are some, you know, like, I, I just think there were some missed opportunities for like, go smarter. You know, they say like, write 10 jokes and one of those will be really fucking smart. You got to stay smarter than your audience. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I, I feel like they just need to be smarter than. And Comedy than Central usually does edgy and smart, yeah. but you're right. When, when, when you're compared to something like Kimmy Schmidt or even, even this, even the Amy Schumer stuff that's coming out now is really smart. Amy Schumer's last season is unbelievably smart. Mm-hmm. I think why it, it tended to be not as sharp in this pilot is because, you know, Comedy Central's demo is like men 18 to 34. So I think perhaps they tried to keep it broader in the pilot to maybe get, a, the, you know, the larger demographics attention. And then hopefully it, you know, it does get sharper, I think, the next few episodes. Um, yeah, I was I was happy to see that the second episode, Divorce, was mm-hmm. to be a dramatic improvement Oh, on yeah. the pilot. I enjoyed the closeted gay stuff. I will always enjoy some good closeted gay <laughs> shit. Uh, closeted bisexual chick myself. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that is some good, I like that tension. It's coming out on the podcast. It's, yeah. <laughs> Listen, mom. Hi, mom. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, I like that. Um, there was also a male rape joke <laughs> uh, in the second episode. And oh, that I is, uh, I was like, oh, I feel kind of uncomfortable with this. And maybe I'm laughing. Um, and I think that's maybe a good, <laughs> that's a good, <laughs> dangerous place to be. Um, so, yeah, I see, I would like to see that they're, I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'd like to stay optimistic. I guess I just got pissed off at the pilot. Like, what? Mm. Just some soft, some softball jokes, you know? Oh, wait, is this, wait. You're getting pissed off at the pilot, but did they not efficiently introduce each freaking character in like less than 23 minutes? They like, you knew clearly what was, you knew everyone's objectives. You knew the, the, the two men were gay. You knew the two sisters were dim-witted and just wanted to be aristocrats. You knew one sister was actually smart. You knew one mother was just doped up. You know, the dad is hooking up with Cher. You kind of got the 
whole rigamen roar in less than 23 minutes. I think that's efficient. And, and it's, and an, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ensemble show. There's a ton of yeah. characters. I, I want a little bit more, though. I want a little bit more backstory. What For makes pilot? her unique? What makes her unique as a snooty upper crust girl? Because that, that's very flat to me. May, be interesting. Give me something, you know, like her parents, actually, she's the product of incest. And, part, you know, like, give her more defects to play around with. And maybe those yeah. will come down the road. I don't know. Yeah, you, you can't accomplish everything in a pilot. But Especially I just want to a 21-minute pilot, right? Yeah, it this wasn't even still, a full hour. This is yeah. still on regular Very cable. Early. So that's all, they got, they, they, it was a large, um, I just, it was a big yeah, order. Yeah, the brother-sister. And it's like, an ensemble. There's like on. two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven characters who are in all ten episodes. So, wow. and, uh, oh, and hey, Christina Hendricks has a job. I'm really happy to see that. Right? She's great. She's doing <laughs> comedy. Dude right now, you're being a dude. No, I'm just saying, like, she, she, you know, what she's about a the rest person. Of Mad Men? She's a, a person who is completely typecast in Mad Men. And, and you thought that she'd never get a, she'd never work in this town again. And now all of a sudden she's doing comedy. And she was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's, she's a comedian. Is that, is that an offensive word? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I challenge you to tell me who didn't get at least a I little bit of an intro to their story. Because even the guy that said dirty clam flaps or whatever, that really crude guy with the bad <laughs> he had some, some type of relationship with Chair. Um, Beatrice is like, I'm not going to die. The other guy, the one, you know, the head of the, the, the servants. Yeah, he was like the Anthony Hopkins of Remains a Day. Everyone, you got a taste of their world. I was very impressed by that. Yes. There might have been soft, too many boring suffrage jokes, but introducing all of that many characters, yeah. kind so of there's two, there's, yeah. there's, so resonated there's, a bit so to me. A pilot, like we always talk about an original pilot, has is double duty. You have to have a regular episode, but you also have to introduce the series. Mm-hmm. But then in, in a comedy pilot, it's almost triple duty because you've got to be goddamn funny also. Yep. Right, and you only have twenty-two minutes, so it's. I think this kind of be the hardest thing to do. It's very difficult. I will say though, I felt really comfortable with how the characters are introduced. I had more questions about the world itself because it seems like they're battling with being new money, and so I kind of wanted to better understand their status and you know the challenges they were facing. Is is that I didn't understand their connection with like the world around them outside the house. So that's something I was kind of looking more towards too, but. Yeah, it's a little confusing with yeah. the era and the rules. But they do set up the thing mm-hmm. where, where the girls want to be part of the top 400 of Newport. It's Newport, yeah. Rhode Island, right? Yeah. <laughs> How random is that? <laughs> Apparently, they did a lot of research, and I guess it was a booming town with a lot of like up-and-coming new money families during that era. So it's, I guess, I love it. it was a thing. I yeah. love it. <laughs> Which is cool. But. So, like... Are we going this period yet? I was going to ask that. <laughs> Why don't we go there? This this show's called Another Period. What are they getting at? Is there a double entendre <laughs> there somewhere? Help me out. I don't understand. I'll just say I was very disappointed because when I saw the ads on the subway and it was another called another period, I was like, oh, my God, it's a whole sketch show where they just talk about periods in different eras. <laughs> <laughs> like caveman periods say, yeah, and yeah. like 1950 <laughs> periods, like with the, where you had the cotex that were like held up by like straps. Okay. Like, I mean, I just want to like I was so excited because <laughs> what uh, what do you know about caveman periods, Kara? 
What kind of research have you done? Oh. Cave oh, well, woman. Well, a lot of cultures have something called period huts, where when it's your time of the season, your moon time, you have to go to a special zone where you are away from the rest of the, your people because you're so contaminated with spirits. I'm I'm wow. only ever ever gonna ask my girlfriends if it's their moon time from now on. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes, good call. Hey. Very respectful. Thank you. I'm I'm. <laughs> I, I'm dropping this podcast is over. I've learned my lesson for the week. Okay, so so in the you cave, like some chocolate cave... for your moon time. <laughs> By the way, ladies, I kind of want to do a podcast just called Moon Time. Moon time for our so let's let's book you. Okay? Spin-off podcast. Yes, I'll, I'll credit you. You a credit, yeah. Sure. Okay, maybe I can be producer, a guest. I can be a guest credit? where I come on and I'm clueless for the entire show. Yeah, and where we do an hour of, of technical um, <laughs> prep before the show. <laughs> on the, the telephone, you'll just apologize to every female caller that calls in. We're just going to do it in audio tape. So, okay, so then we have cave woman periods. We have uh, what other era of periods do we want to do jokes on, Car? 1950s. 1950s. What do we got there? Well, it's a whole thing with the, the straps. Like you had those little, like you had to wear, weren't they? It was a belt. Oh, you'd wear a belt Sorry, that no, held up held up your cloth diaper. We had avocado yet? Right. So it was not. It, it was a. It was a. Ugh. Is the it was more like a a, uh, a maxi pad than anything. We're getting close to. We're getting close to the adhesive like a maxi pad. Okay. Uh, yeah. Depends yeah. with the <laughs> It was a, it was a, it was somewhere between, between, um, you know, like I want a, a jock strap, a garter belt, and a yeah. towel. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. And what was this, um, this uh, deadly tampon that you were talking about earlier? Oh, rely. It was called rely. Okay, talk to me. These dirty Tell- fuckers. <laughs> These dirty fuckers. <laughs> At Procter and Gamble, coming up with this. There goes, there goes our there goes our sponsor. <laughs> what year was this? This was in the 1970s. I think in the early 1970s, they came up with this. Basically, it was a death tube that you stick up in you for a whole week. It took care of your periods, and then you were dead at the end of it. You know. Um, I, 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 I feel Wars, like you didn't tell the tube. story there. So basically, we had tampons at this point, but they tried to improve on it. When did tampons yes. come in? Wait, tampons were 70s or 60s? 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 Oh, do we have a research assistant I don't, I don't, on the show? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but, 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 so we had tampons, but then they wait. said, "Here's a tampon that you can, you can, you can use it all week." <laughs> you were so tripping over your work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 it, uh, if you used it all week, you'd go into toxic shock. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a shock. Your... I remember the shock. Oh my God! How could let you out get quick? the shock? I, every... I was so scared to take mine out quick because oh, I thought I would like fall over. Mm-hmm. The oh, shock. I, I went to a concert once. I went to a Janet Jackson concert with my tampon in, and you know how it is at a concert. Like those bathroom lines. Forget <laughs> it. I thought I was gonna die listening to Black Cat or whatever the fuck she was playing. I was you're terrified. Trying, you're trying and to now, like rhythm nation, and she had to go to use the. The porta potty. You it was just pure, giving it me was a, a visual that will stick with me forever. Yeah. <laughs> you changed Janet Jackson for me, Cara. Well, you're welcome. So we didn't get in any period jokes in our another period show. Are we waiting for those to happen? 
or or was that they just won't. a sign from the creators that this show was for us by us you know I feel I feel misled. I feel it's a bait and switch. I feel like me as a feminist, I write for Bust Magazine, right? Little plug there. Um, I'm like, oh, you got my attention. Another period. Yeah, let's talk about it. Because um, I, me and lots of other female stand-up comics, we've been made fun of for talking about periods. Oh, there, here she comes at the open mic. Just wanted to talk about her period, and it's kind of true. Um, but no, they're like, it, it, Where you know, else are you gonna do it? Well, exactly. Boyfriends don't want to hear about that. Um, yeah and um babe babe tell me about your moon time <laughs> that's good David. that's great that is good. keep that up yeah. um but here's the th- but i think it's it's an interesting thing as a comedian to try to make periods funny to yeah. really like get get some good lols you know well, out of that melissa said something earlier that comedy central's demographic tends to be men young age what like 18, 18 to, to 34 34 how do you do a show for women by women when that's your demographic? I think what they did and what things like Broad City do is that they incorporate kind of like stoner men comedy like drugs and sex and things like that. So I think by bring in, bring in the cocaine wine. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> was great. <laughs> it's not even stoner lingo. That's just total dude lingo. Dude, TNA, yeah. TNA, TNA, TNA. As long as you have like sex, it sells. Okay. Grindhouse, the whole Grindhouse era. It was just, most of those films were so stupid. I came with so many fucking stupid films, but there was always a little bit of top and bottom and orange ketchup blood. Right, but then, and then, so is that why Christina Hendricks is on the show? I think so. Yeah. No, I, I, I kind of yeah. think, I think if you look at the most successful shows in their arsenal at Comedy Central, it's the smart shows. Yeah. Right. It's it's Daily Show, Colbert Report, like that that boys. Let's give boys 18 to 34 a lot of credit. Like they're smart dudes. I hung out with them. I tried to screw them my whole <laughs> college. <laughs> uh, I'm friends with them. You know, there's a lot of smart dudes out there watching Comedy Central and they're going to appreciate uh, they're going to look at how successful Amy Schumer's show is. Her show is enormously smart, yeah. but it's evolved. The first season was Absolutely. just Amy Schumer doing her her shtick. But I think her writing staff evolved and her stuff now I mean, she's got a sketch every week that goes viral, every week, mm-hmm. and that is unprecedented, I think. She and- knows how to skewer culture. She knows how to grab the moment, call the moment. You know, she's... Yeah. Does she I shy away from... I, I'm not... I know her bit. Does she shy away from TNS, TNA, sorry, sex? Does she shy no, away from... Oh, no, oh, no, she has, a, she has a whole album That's, called The Sex yeah. Album. Her, her first... Yeah. Her first see, that was her first shtick, was her, her talking about her vagina. That was, like, her entire shtick for a long time. But that now it's evolved. She's doing... Yeah like women issues women's okay. issues on her show yeah, like I, 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 I really love that video about the girl take off your makeup video oh god oh that was so brilliant it's so brilliant. smart so smart so they smart nailed it because it's like yes we should be able to you should you know you you want a guy who <laughs> says ahead. you don't need makeup you want that but then as, as soon as she takes the makeup off they're like whoa girl <laughs> You know, you know, you look like you look like the girl yeah. from the, the horror movie. <laughs> but wait, did we didn't did anyone see back in the day I'm gonna get you sucker? Yes. You remember the well, this is the oldie. That's, that's so one of I'm the dating earliest Wayans bro, Wayne, it, it's uh, well, oh, Keenan wow. Ivan Wayans a, yeah, stars I think in it. Had a similar sketch in that, whereas this super bo- 
bodacious hottie hottie gets in there. She takes out the breast. She takes off the heels. She takes off the weave. She takes off the eyelashes. And, and, it's and she takes different. off her leg. Like, it's her not leg. even real. Exactly. It's not that even real. One. Yeah. No, but that's great. Yeah. I feel like that's that's been done. But, it, you know. So then again, that I ask that because the fact is, guys, people, this demographic still goes for TNA. Yeah, so if you're yeah. not going to be an intelligent sitcom or pilot, and you're going but for that for, kind for of cheap period, thrills, for another period, TNA. isn't it inherently somewhat intelligent because they're sending yeah. up Downton Abbey? Don't, like, don't no, you know? just fuck, fuck that. Just because your English doesn't make you smart. I know a lot of dumb Brits, and I'm tired of it saying, oh, it's whoa, Downton Abbey, so whoa, it's so more elevated. There like our UK blah, audience. Blah. Thank you. No, but I'm just saying that if you have to have seen Downton Abbey, that means you have to have seen PBS. No, I don't think you, in order to enjoy a good satire, I don't think you need to see the original source material. I think I've seen some really good satires. I have no idea. But if it's if it's written well enough, mm -hmm. uh, the jokes are just there. The jokes yeah. get you, come to you. Like you'll, so I hear what you're saying, but I think that... Um, I think that I, I think they could have gone to town on Downton Abbey. That over over the top melodramatic intro music that Downton Abbey has, like come <laughs> on, like have some fun with that. Oh, and, and, okay. and another period using like this hip hop like intro yeah. stuff, very much same way that. Um, but see, that... clarification. I don't when I say cross when I said cross between Cribs and Downton Abbey, I don't mean this the actual show, but the camera work. Did you mm -hmm. see like the quick cuts on the topiaries and the intros and the cut straight to people and yeah. then zoom in and, and, and out? That's like and that's reality. That's reality garbage. Yeah, stuff. that's like exactly. Real Housewives. Yeah. Um, but that that intro with the hip hop music is reminds me a lot of Broad City, right? Broad City mm -hmm. has like a little uh, hip hop intro as their opening credits. But at least that show is young and in New York City. This this thing is in Newport in 1910. <laughs> It makes it, no sense. It, it doesn't. No sense. It really makes no sense. Um, it doesn't serve a joke. If it's if, to me, if it like I don't know. It, to me, it didn't add to that. Goes, I, to me, yeah. that goes back originally to the having you know having a bunch of white people and then like a hardcore hip hop theme goes. The first instance that I remember is Office Space. Right? Is that scene where they they um, damn it feels good to be a gangster and then they're kicking the shit out of the printer. Right, it's like, oh, see, it's funny. White people listening to hip hop, but no, but I don't think it's a white people. I don't think yeah. that. I think you're drawing too deep on the music. I think yep. it's kind of a play on periods. I think it's like Strangers with Candy, kind of uh, like one kind of comedy getting stuck in it. You know, revisiting anything. Let's yep. just like any kind of show that was set in the '90s, but did a play on Hazel from the '60s. I think they're they're just mashing up errors, not not necessarily racial boundaries with music. I think. The whole thing with the music was just to make it hip. I don't think it was. I, I don't think, think it it, they, were, they were reaching for any any integration of racial issues at all. I think they were just reaching for that eighteen to thirty five demographic. Yeah. You know, white kids who think hip hop intro sounds cool. See, that's yeah. the problem. Don't reach. I don't know reach, if it's white kids. I'm not like, going to call it that. But I think what it what it was also acting to was yes, to bring in the demographic, but it also kind of matched their advertising. So a lot of their advertising was bringing in a lot of current trends like selfies and things like that and yeah. posing in 1910. So I think this juxtaposition between like modern day somewhat, you know, hip hop music with 1910, I think it's just a stylistic choice and just to appeal to like 
18 to 34. But here's the thing. None of our, none of this demographic, we could just take this completely out of the thread. None of the demographic 18 to 35 really watch Housewives. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't watch the MTV crib. Some people are like, what is she talking about? MTV crib? What? I don't, I think it's, we're talking about things that are our hip moments, but not necessarily this four square Instagram, Twitter group. The, the millennials are not necessarily reaching. I, I think Cara makes the best post. point though, that why you stop reaching for an audience and just be funny. Like do edgy. Yep. Like Agreed. But you can do edgy without trying to predict what the audience wants. You just talk about shit that hasn't been talked about yet. Yeah, but I also- Everything's been talked about. Well, yeah, here's but- the thing. Be human. Be human and vulnerable. Were there like I needed more vulnerability from these characters. Mm-hmm. They need to want more. They need yeah. to have more flaws. Like I love yeah. Jane Krakowski on Thirty Rock, and mm-hmm. whatever she does, she's always this skinny, desperate blonde lady. And you and, always and, oh, and her, like no, that. her role yeah. on Kimmy Schmidt's even better because yeah. you so care good. about her more on yes. Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, yeah. yeah. She's more self-destructive. <laughs> like I need to see people spiraling. I need to see yeah. people yeah. more out of control than i am yeah. um because yeah you know you know um, what so i totally agree with that i totally yeah i'm in like five Kyle, that's a high bar steps. that's a really i know high bar. i know i'm in five 12 step addiction recovery programs like i'm not fucking around i'm like high grade no, fucked up like i, like, I need are all I the are, are at least like the first five steps the same for all of them can't you get crossover no 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 the, the, the credits do not transfer if you want to talk to me we can talk after after david and i can take you through the steps um right. i like to skip steps <laughs> nope nope your recovery will not be secure and you will relapse uh, she's I mean, speaking I'm, the, she, I'm getting i'm getting pulled into it's a cult here <laughs> There's hot people and famous people, by the way. This is, it's great networking. It's networking. I it is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I don't go to your screenwriters group anymore. Yeah, 12, I'm just in church basement. 12, I mean, that's where the twelve-step programs in New York is where I it's at. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Love. To all my to all, all uh, my students out there need to get a job. Join AA. Join NA. I don't know. Car. What, what else is good? Join NA. <laughs> join NA. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've done concerts for those N.A. people. I perform. I'm hired. I'm a recovery comedian. They hire me to do their, you know, talk about fucking Mm -hmm. almost dying and giving blowjobs in alleyways. They love that. (laughs) These are my people. And... um... Yeah. Okay. So I'm sorry. I'm getting off. We're getting a little bit, a little bit off topic. It wasn't in your bio, Cara. I'm sorry. I apologize. (laughs) That's the extended (laughs) remix version. Right. It's just a list of all the... What's the word? But my so, extended but, bio no, is all but, the comedians I've had sex so, with while on drugs. That's... Wow. So, so we'll, oh, we'll, we'll oh, put that... avocado. No, <laughs> no. I was just going to say, uh, you know, we don't have time, but maybe we can put the list in the show notes. I'll put a link after the show because you know we only have half an hour left. So. <laughs> What, what I was going to say then, Kara, you, you absolutely, I think you have the highest standards for a joke. You were kind of brutal. I'm Who impressed. was the funniest on the show on another period? Who the, was the gay funniest? dudes, the gays, the right. gays. I mean, the gays are always going to kill it, you know? Gays and blacks. I'm sorry. I mean, but am I right? Like, I'm, I'm trying to go full, bon- full on lesbo. Is there, is there any people of color in this entire show yet? There was reference to a Negro who, oh, this was funny. Um, she they were she beat herself up so that her husband could be taken away. Right. And they were like, which black man did it? Right, okay. So oh, yeah. there was uh, yeah. one racist joke in there. 
Um, but so who who was the gay couple? What was it? A new spin on the gay jokes? Oh, it's a tale as old as time. And <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I, know, I mean, but, you don't but, need. But did another period do it with their version, or was it just the same kind of um, gay gay comedy that you could see in a stand up club? I mean, it's kind of the classic. Oh, we're in, we're hiding in the closet, and we don't like women. We don't like vaginas. Ooh, you know. I mean, it's kind of nothing really new. I mean, the actors kind of brought their own, and I like their costumes. I like that they're wearing their long johns while trying to get on. <laughs> you know, that's new. I like the play on the business trip being some war, yeah. a war. That, I was, that was funny was so because true. rich people. That's you know, a business trip is just. You know, and you I just, just saw a testament of youth, and they were all running off to a war. So I thought it was really good. I like that. Huh, Melissa? Who was the funniest person Ooh. for you? I I will say though, kind of taking a step back, I do agree with Carr that in a sense, right now the Bella Courts are kind of playing up to the stereotypical rich, mean uh, kind of persona. And I do understand that in the in the pilot i don't think their voices are as distinct than in the pre the uh, following episodes in the second episode i think uh lillian is the funniest i think it's her delivery because she'll come out with these really um smart and uh satiric points i think it's lillian yeah yeah, yeah. no i think she natasha legero has been i didn't know what her comedy was i've never seen mm -hmm. her do comedy i saw her do the classic um, you know, filthy mouth sex stand up for you know for a hot comic stuff on the on the Comedy Central uh, on the roast and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, at least, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit stylized. I love mm -hmm. Michael Ian Black's return. Oh, his his performance was great. Is that amazing awesome. just to see him yes. coming back? Yeah, yeah. Is another period one of these shows that is niche comedy? Or does it have broad comedy potential? It depends I, on how yeah. you develop the characters. I think if mm -hmm. we see more characters that I can care about and they're on a journey or they really want something, like I think any, that can pull in a wide variety of people. Just the emotional aspect. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy think, to hear you say that because the more we talk about, on this podcast we talk about dramas a lot more than we talk about comedies. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're, the universal thing is you can get comedic tension you can get dramatic tension out of deep character you need character in comedy too it's not yeah, just jokes absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely and Agreed. i think right now we're starting to care more um, a lot more about the help and like chairs character and we're starting to really get to know and care about the help more so than the bella courts so they're kind of mixing comedy and drama which is really cool i would almost consider it a dramedy in many aspects which is I don't know. Is it, is it mind. in the second episode, are there serial elements where, where the stories I, are ongoing? Yeah, actually, that's what I also found really unique about this piece is that the Bellacourts, I feel like their A-plots are very episodic, yet the help in, like, Cher's situation um, and Mr. Peepers and then theirs is more serialized, which I think is cool. So it's both episodic and serial. I do think the, that... um, the incest line will continue yeah. or like that uh -huh. to me is, is an a an a story for a main character right she wants to get with her brother i think they uh -huh. can continue having fun with that uh, but i agree with you that like right now i'm really into like christina Hendricks' character like is yeah. she gonna her and her boyfriend like i really was into that <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and but again not so much into what natasha has going on long term what is her goal mm -hmm. other she wants a hot guy or she wants that was a little lost in the very beginning it's mentioned really quickly in, in the um 
And the opening is that she wants to be famous. Like, that's their goal. And I think that's the series engine, is that which, they want to be famous Which now. makes, which sets this up as a parallel to more, like, the Kardashian show. Yeah, yeah. Right? Is that more, is that more of what they're going for? I read an article that actually identified the show as Kardashian Abbey. That they uh, as, yeah, like, yeah. Kim Kardashian about, like, a procedure, like, you know, a famous family. Okay. Set, like, down to Nabby. Yeah. That makes sense. So I could, I totally could see that. Yeah. You know, you have the dramatic family. Yeah. So, so. I'm sorry. I think it's problematic. I think the, the to say this is why I said no immediately was the kind of, and I'm going to go back to the show I like, uh, a total ensemble, Party Down. Um, each of the characters was very strong independently and you like their jokes, you like their persona, you liked everything they did. And then each week the, the, the round of characters were caterers and they went to a different event or they catered at a different event. Each event was, you know, like the adult film awards. It was something spectacular. The guest stars were spectacular, but they didn't kind of, they didn't. You know what? This is take the stage. Is I how, feel how like many, the, how many how many actors are in the core cast of Party Down? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right, seven. and so if and if you look at Broad City, it's like four or five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about this. We actually did a podcast on True Detective, uh, the new True Detective, and one of the problems with the new True Detective is that there's four main characters instead of two and it diluted a lot of the character development from a Mm. dramatic perspective it's same problem here if you've got 10 characters on a show you're not going to get what Kara wants which is deep character time to introduce get to know them so that the jokes uh go deep no you can't you can though Mm -hmm. that's what what i'm saying is there was a happy balance and what i'm saying is with another period i actually like the helen keller story more than yeah i got all the characters <laughs> they're but, funny they yeah what? i like the helen character story they upstaged them it's I more situational you yeah. just proved the point we we know helen keller already because of historical backstory mm-hmm. right it was built in she mm-hmm. wasn't a random we and knew- she's super vulnerable she's so vulnerable she can't see and she can't hear yeah yeah and so yeah. and that made her comedy that much more intense and then when she she picks a fight she cat fights you're like this is helen keller kicking some ass <laughs> i was um, i thought it was tremendous but but that yeah. proved the point because we know who helen keller is we have backstory on her just from history um it's so funny i was it was it just um was it just luck that that was the era that they chose that Helen Keller was alive in? Or did you just say, I want to do a show where Helen Keller gets into a cat fight? What year is that? Let's build a series around that. They probably would have picked like a handful of, yeah. a, a handful of like important people and said, who can vet out the best story? I think that was a writer's writer room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me do our original pilot checklist uh at the nyc screenwriters collective and then on the podcast we have our uh collective uh original pilot checklist the thing things you got to do if you want to write an original pilot past the basics um more of how to how to make a pilot sing and 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 go from good to great and uh there's eight steps on it the first step is a strong thematic opening that introduces the main characters. Do we have that here in the pilot? She smashes the eggs mm-hmm. out of people are the rich people are yelling at poor people. 
and it says, and the era is established. What else? I think it's strong, but it, I think our problem is, do you like, did they go hard enough or not? Did mm-hmm. they do their job? I think they did their job. They introduced all the characters sufficiently yeah, for their time. They're all sitting in a room. It, but is there a theme to this com- this comedy? Is it is it is the 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 class distinction the theme of the comedy? Where are we getting most of our jokes from? I think we're still getting most of our jokes from sex. I think it's, most... I think it's from the being rich and the, the absurd things they get away with because they're rich and can pay people to do anything. Right. You know, that, and that is that's part of it. And like that, this, that goes and back. be oblivious. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like the scene where Natasha just rings the bell and he puts cheese in her mouth. <laughs> you know, it's jokes like that. You know, these absurdities that most of us would never relate to, but we but can see that was that. an absurdity, but it wasn't. I didn't laugh out loud at that, but it was mm-hmm. amusing. Humorous. But I didn't laugh out loud. Right, and that goes mm-hmm. to the series being more Kardashian Abbey than anything else, and that gets established up front. What about the you know, uh, establishing the tone of the comedy. There's way, there's so many different comedic voices going on here, right? You've got so many different performers and so many different types of jokes. And I think that, I think maybe Kara was talking about that earlier. We just got overwhelmed with a lot of them. Well, that's all. I, I feel like if anyone's ever done a gospel choir, it's kind of, I think they did a good job at each person had their thing. Maybe there was yeah. too many, but they didn't gospel choir it. It wasn't like they were all screaming over each other yeah. or fighting for it. They each had their moment to introduce themselves. Yeah, they they each do a lot of. They all same. They all share the same comedic voice in that they're rich. So they all share that kind of in common, and then they each have their own distinction. So that's step two in the original yeah. pilot checklist: introduce your core cast mm-hmm. and each member's flaws and their gifts. In comedy, you, the flaws have to be established or you won't get any jokes, right? Yeah. So that's We are introduced to all the characters real quickly in a nice ensemble way, um, sitting in the in the, the billiard drawing room, room. The drawing room <laughs> or whatnot. Um, and we, we have to get their flaws or else there's not going to be jokes, right? So we mm-hmm. get that right away. Um, and Christina Hendricks shows up. Uh, she's the newbie, right? She's the new, new kid on the block. So we get to learn mm-hmm. about... How things work through her. For her, yeah, she's a great device. Yeah. What about step three? Is introduce the world, the setting, the area, the era, and the rules of the universe. How did they do in the pilot? I really enjoyed Mr. Corn Teeth coming in. Do you know the voice? <laughs> 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 I think he was a great voice. He was, reason, he was a performer, and he he like was really true to like I'm gonna keep performing, right? Or he like um, yeah. he sings that song, right? Or he does he imitates yeah. the black man that he performs with i don't know but i really enjoyed his visit from the outside world like i think as we bring in if they bring in more um downtrodden i really like a low class kind of fun you know i think that that'll be fun when they bring in um yeah when they bring in stragglers from the outside world yeah i completely agree with that we get a really good sense of the world within the household but not much past that yet so i i I do kind of want to see more of the outside stakes and the influences on the household more yeah, I would I would like to see more like poor people comedy, not yeah. just rich people being mean to poor people yes. comedy, but what Absolutely. just real poor people comedy. Yes. Like more relatable. Yeah. More bad teeth, more like bad hair, like yeah. wearing the same 
same clothes for five days in a row. Like, I mean, just real, you can have fun with that. And, and it would be, mm-hmm. and you can make them very likable. It's not that you're making fun of them. It's just like very true to how people work there back was a, then. There was a dramatic series uh, called The Nick uh, last season on Cinemax where Clive Owen it plays the, the, uh, the f- one of the first surgeons in um in a new york city hospital in 1903 and it's a great show it's great drama but it it has all these throwbacks to how how um how medieval all the medicine is is back then and how how even though they're cutting edge it's really it's really disgusting and, and and that's there's there's room for comedy there. Yeah, okay. you know uh, that reminds me of a miss another missed joke opportunity. You know, they um dying during um during childbirth was so common. Like I I'm a product. Or anyway, that's a whole long family history thing. But I think a lot of us have like that's um a, you know yeah that was so common. So that you need to take it a step further here and when you're doing a comedy, which is like that your your mom died while she her mother was a childbirth. <laughs> you know, like you, you need make to, a great point. Uh, you, you need to expand and heighten like some of their it's like these ladies just got an introduction introductory history course and are just like let's throw that in and i'm like i'm sorry but some of us majored in history and you gotta go further um exactly so I, like in the in the, the like with the suffragette joke right? yeah yeah, right? yeah that on. was a perfect example of them trying making uh, some wordplay on the word suffragette but not taking it the second step in in yeah. comedy you know, you don't. You, it's not the obvious joke. It's it's two chess moves ahead, not one. Do you think that they didn't take another step ahead in the history jokes because they're more focused on like the overall satire? Because maybe most I of the comedy is driving all over the place. Yeah. I think they don't know. I think they're really all over the place. Mm-hmm. I also know a lot of yeah. times there's a joke room when you write in Hollywood. There's there's the joke room and then there's the story room. Right. There's people who are just hired to punch up, who just write the jokes. And there's people who do the story. And I think with these two, it's just according to their Wikipedia page, you know, it's just the two of them. Could yeah. that be true, David? Yeah. Is it just the two of them it, doing all the work? Yes. But also every one of these performers is an incredible improv and stand up comic. And I'm sure yeah. and you have five people in the room in almost every in, in a lot of things. So and the and and our director um Donner uh the guy who does dr- drunk history he's used to putting people in a room and improvising so i'm mm-hmm. sure the script began with with just the two of them on the page and then and then they're improvising the shit out of it uh, there's a lot of jokes that were obviously improvised you can see but that what happens is if you decide to ec- cut your show around what's the best joke all the time you might get laughs, but you're not going to get that story cohesion. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe that makes sense because they both started off as like stand-up comedians in short form. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> series engine, all right? The, the concept of the show that will generate episode after episode. Are we introduced to a series engine for the show? I think we talked about it already. I think they've kind of said it's to get famous. Right. Like yeah. sort of yeah. the, the Kardashian thing, right? 
It's so yeah. funny we're saying Kardashian because I'm so old school. I keep thinking <laughs> Dynasty. Like this is total Dynasty with like, like I said, whatever, Downton Abbey or British PBC or BBC. Man. Yeah, it's total Dynasty. Like the head of the household sleeping with the maid that comes in mysterious. This is total Dynasty. I, I can't. <laughs> I think they're doing so many different premises. Yeah. They could, they would, it would be served so many well by yeah. by dropping one. And I think the first thing they could drop is the reality show stuff with with the uh the confessionals it just it just mm-hmm. takes you out of this uh, the, some of the funnier stuff which is like the period jokes and all that kind of the the era jokes it's yeah. just a little undisciplined right now it's a little and maybe it'll be interesting to it'll be interesting to see if it gets co- more cohesive if it gels as they go but right now i mean the question is is the engine there i couldn't really feel the engine mm-hmm. you know what, how sometimes you you're like cheer you you got it you're you're locked in yeah. you know what each yep. uh, the protagonist yep. wants it's a little vague to me um the, the, mm-hmm. i didn't really get the fame thing um because fame happens in the wider world power have yep. can happen within the home um <laughs> but you know what now i'm thinking about the pilot for broad city and the pilot for broad city doesn't stake out like a huge claim on what the engine's about but the core cast is small, and the connection between Abby and Alana is so tight. They mm. ins- themselves are the engine. That relationship is the engine of the show. And because it's not split among eight to ten different characters, we're on yeah. board. We know what we're getting. So maybe it's just expanded. It's just the relationship within the household with everyone and their plot lines and how they all intersect. Yeah. Just dealing kind of with this family. like. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, that's what Downton Abbey is. Julian Fellows wrote this great ensemble. Um, the original version was uh, Gosford Park. That was the experiment for uh, Downton Abbey, which is, you know, the classic mystery with a bunch of people in a house and who done it. And then Downton Abbey established that. But like I said, if, if you're going to dilute the character by having 10 main characters... You need time to, to get us to know. To you got to spend time mm-hmm. to, so we get to know them. Yeah. Is there a season objective introduced? That's step five. Planting the seeds of a series finale. A season objective in the pilot. I haven't seen the second one, but I think it's kind of like the baby and how that how chair and the baby fit into the whole family structure once that goes live. That's what I mm-hmm. took from that's it. That's a big objective. That's the biggest. I mean, there's no. I, I didn't see the second episode, so I don't know if there's a new introduced storyline that I, I missed to me the big okay yeah. right now the big thing is the brother and sister getting together mm-hmm. being able to like fully <laughs> consummate on a regular basis have yeah. their love I, yeah and then also going for it yeah yeah but, yeah but, like is it, maybe what, going for it or just going for it there's no secret <laughs> like they each have four yeah. four four servants in the room that's to undress like an them. Rice novel you read the any Anne Rice witching novel and, and everyone's had sex with 15 grandchildren but like are they trying to keep the lineage going or is it just they're hot for each other I think a season a season objective has to be something simpler like plot stuff like what about getting into that you know like, like 400. The, the 400 club thing isn't that like just your your a, a good plot mechanism a good spine Mm-hmm. for a season of yeah, that's getting, what it seems like in the first in, episode yeah does it continue in episode two no yeah it's definitely it seems like that's what the season objective is in the pilot but then by two i think it's more about like their independence because then uh natasha and ricky decide to like become independent and try to like get divorced 
so that they could be more independent. Right. Yeah. Um, introduce and complete an episode objective. We had several plots that were introduced and completed. We have Helen Keller's visit. We mm-hmm. have um, the 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 brother and sister relationship. We've got. Um, uh, the, the two gay guys are just making jokes about everything else. They're not exactly a plot. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the, the third big plot for the pilot? Uh, I guess Did it's... Did you say her pregnancy? Sorry. Is that it? Yeah, that's pretty Christina solid. Christina Hendricks' pregnancy? Sure. Yeah. Right, right, right. I feel like yeah. that's the biggest one. That's the biggest, mm-hmm. like, cliffhanger. We end on that, too. We end on that cliffhanger. Yeah. For what it's worth. Right, and that's actually that's step eight. Cliffhanger closing that kicks off the series. Reveal there's more drama or comedy to be explored. The cliffhanger is what? Yeah, that she's pregnant with the father, right? The father Bellacourt. Dun, dun, dun. Like, <laughs> yep. Given given the you rules know, of this Blake family. Blake Carrington. Given the rules of this family, that isn't even that big a deal. Like, I mean, there's got to be illegitimate children all over the place in, in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing on the... the Original pilot checklist is introduce series conventions, right? The recurring details and mechanisms of a series that get used again and again. What's a convention on this convention? Some conventions for another period that we're going to see again and again. The direct talking to the camera, the interviews, mm-hmm. the talking heads. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right, right. The confessional, and that goes to the reality show thing. What else? I mean, in a comedy, it could just be recurring jokes, too. Yeah, just like the rich jokes. And the camera work on the intros. I feel mm-hmm. like that's, that's again, I guess this is... I don't know. <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm I'm going to go for it. Like, me and Kara are on the opposite ends of the pole. I'm okay with, like, cheap jokes. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. why I said I love them. <laughs> and I feel like there are going to be some cats that are, like, okay with one or two suffrage jokes. They didn't... I don't feel like they dwelled mm-hmm. on it too long. And I feel like whether you like it or not, they're trying to go for that median, like, I'm going to make sure that every American kind of likes it, and then hopefully they push stronger stories, but yep. I'm I'm not hating it. I'm not thinking it's stunning. Better I think, what about, look, what about but, the relationship... But they did what they needed to do to get it out there. What mm-hmm. about the relationship between Lillian and Beatrice? It's I, I didn't get a lot of that, and they, the, yeah. the creators of the show, the main oh. characters of the show, I thought it was gonna, we were going to get like a little bit of Broad City going there. We need either total love and collaboration or competition or so. I mean, there it was just a little bit, a little bit of collaboration, a little bit. Yeah. We want them on the same team. And there is a moment where, where Beach, where Lillian's like, I'm, you know, I'm the beautiful one. I'm this, I'm this. I'm, and then Beatrice is like, and I'm the smart one. And Lillian's <laughs> like, makes the eyes like you're obviously not the smart one, but she doesn't say it. Cause she loves her sister. You get like a little bit of sense that she cares about her. I, that, would deepen the show instantly if the sisters yeah. love each other. If Lillian knows that she has to take care of Beatrice because Beatrice is dim. That would instantly make us like Lillian more and give us death. Uh, I'm not reaching <laughs> for the rules. They, I Fuck that. I know too many siblings that really hate each other into their dying day. I don't, I don't think you need to have But then that. we get, but then we get, we get, I think it would be more funny. Um, we, then if we get arrested. A real de- hatred. We get arrested development. And yeah. Part about arrested development. Nobody cares about anybody on that show, right? And it's a good. And show. I think it keeps the <laughs> jokes on the surface. To Kara's point, it keeps the jokes on the surface. It has to be the ridiculousness of the scenario 
the laugh is based on the ridiculousness of the scenario, not on anything deeper. I'm thinking of Friends right now. I went on a Friends binge watching episode. Or uh, yeah, wow. and like Friends, how many did you get through? Like five. I never watched it in the '90s. <laughs> okay, so I'm like not getting anyone's references, and um, wow. so I was like, I gotta watch Friends. And what was so? They're all so likable. Like mm. everyone's so likable. Like even if they're totally flawed and ditzy or like selfish, like they're still really likable. And mm. I think David, that's kind of what you're getting at. We want to see love, right? Or like <laughs> I like to see a little love um, between characters in a comedy or a drama. We want to yeah. like the people. We want to like the people. You can totally do it evil. Mash was stellar at just evil. You, there was there was that underlying camaraderie. Yes, if you had a like a rusty nail in your back, I get it out. But I would totally shoot like porn and blackmail you because I don't like you. But if I had to, Mash was like the best at like. But Mash was a great dramedy. It had drama and comedy all at once. But. Here, here's an exa another example. Anyone see Jim Jeffries' show, Legit? No. No. Okay, Jim Jeffries is just, he's like the I hate you comedian. All he does is like be an asshole in his work. But on his show, he plays that same asshole. It's mostly um, him uh, being not a good friend. But he starts to care for his buddy's uh, little brother who is... Um, uh, who's who's dying? Who's ill? And they they try to uh, you know uh, get him laid before he dies, and they try to get him to live a life uh, outside of the hospital. So you've got this guy who's enormously unlikable. His his stand up comedy is all about being a jerk. You know he opens up his 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 uh, he yeah he opens up his 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 shows about you know. You're not. If you haven't seen me before, you're in for a surprise. Because all he does is make fun of people. But you know, when he went to TV, when he ma they made the sitcom, he had to be somewhat likable. They gave him this sort of save the cat thing, where he's trying to help this kid, even though they're doing it ridiculously, like they're getting him high and they're taking him to a hooker. Like he's at least somewhat likable. And I think we need that in comedy and and especially in drama, but. In comedy, when we don't like the characters, it's all about really just edgy ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. I have a very hard time. I don't know if you guys have this, but uh, to like Natasha Leggero's character, like, I also don't really love her stand-up, though. There's something about, I just don't connect yeah. with her. Like, she's, pr I mean, she's pretty, so that's a block. Or, like, I, you lost me there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. But, Cara, I don't, I what is that? I agree you're, with you. I agree with you're you. You're a comic. You're, you're an attractive comic. Is that enough? God, no. What, wait, I'm sorry. Am I understanding the question? Yeah. I, wait, I, Can you just Avocado, avocado. <laughs> just say avocado. I know, but I think that's the thing. Actually, I love Natasha's stand-up. I think Coke Money is one of my favorite, com like, my favorite comedy albums. It, that thing, it's total satire. It's a persona. She's not actually going off of being just pretty. It's a per. It's total satire. I actually really enjoy her stand-up. Yeah, it's it's. She's mocking the fact that she's just trying to play pretty. Yeah, it's. it's I think it's satire. I, I kind of. I'm. I'm so off on her because I like confused her at one point with one of the roasts. And I'm like, is that like a wannabe Sarah Silverman? But I like Sarah Silverman, so I don't. Why? Why? She's, I didn't like a harder, she's harder edged uh, than Sarah. Are you kidding? Than Sarah Silverman? Yeah, definitely. 
I think no. I, I'm not a fan of Sarah, but uh, actually, I think Sarah Silverman's gotten better She's over the terrible. years. Yeah, I, I think so. But Sarah. David, I think I think a comedian just has to be funny. Like you just, ha I, for me, I mean, I think any, but like your your job is to deliver jokes and laughter, and and if you're sexy, it, to me, it almost cuts against it. I um, you have a lot to of make fun of yourself. You have to. You mm -hmm. comedy is about so much about de self deprecation, and if you have stuff, if you're rich or good looking. You, you don't you, talk about it. Don't. We, yeah. Yeah. It's already yeah. we we hate those things about you. Or you can talk about how hard it is. Even that's tricky. Even though you lose yeah. the audience there. Oh, it's hard being a white lady growing up in the suburbs of Chicago and being privileged. No, no, no. That's not my yeah. material. I'm bisexual. I come from an alcoholic family. I try to kill myself. Oh, now they're listening. You know, like, oh, now it, tell it's it, sister. the gen you know? right. You've got to have yes. you've got to have flaws. Right, you've got to have flaws. flaws. And, You're being very real and, and very Natasha honest. and Lillian Bellacourt, Natasha's character, is just a kind of a bitch. Yeah. She doesn't have deep flaws. Um, her sister has a little bit more flaws because she's dimmer and she is in love with her brother. Um, and we care. She, she's actually, you know, we, we care about the dim people who have have goals we were like yeah. oh isn't it cute because <laughs> she she wants to have a love you know we, we want them yeah. to do well um we're we got we got to sum up i want to do one more round table i want to go to everybody just give me your your last thoughts on on uh the pilot or, or on the series for another period um what did you uh love and hate about it and what are you looking for in the next episode um overall um i really loved it i again i think comedy central packs so many new elements into this tv show so i'm really excited to see it develop i would though i i totally agree i do think we need to see more flaws in these characters and i really want to see them develop i also think they need more tangible and relatable goals so i'm looking forward to that cool yeah christina <laughs> I liked it. Um, I don't have a problem with it for what it was and the time that it came in under 20 some odd minutes. Yeah. I, I, I want to say like, take it for what it is. And I'm old school girl is going to say like I, a country's biggest like melodrama. So dynasty Downton Abbey. So then keep expanding it, add some young ones in or black adder mm -hmm. or some knots landing, just keep going there and, and own that. So that we 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 know exactly where we're categorizing it. That would be my only thing. Cool. But I like it. Kara. Yeah. Um. I I I'm gonna stay tuned. I'm gonna keep watching it and hope for more vulnerability from the characters. You know, more. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Natasha's character. Like, what kind of journey she goes on. And um. Oh, and for the love of God, let's get some period jokes. You know, let's, <laughs> I mean, let's have some fun. Yes. You know, can don't I, lead me I, on. Don't lead me on, sister. I'm going to, I'm an avocado for a minute. Is this, is this, is this, is this female comedy? Is this show a female comedy? Is this women's comedy? Oh, um, it's humans. Comedy. Yeah. It's everyone's comedy. It doesn't have to be labeled as men or women's comedy. It should just be comedy. But, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? A Amy yeah, yeah, Schumer yeah. is doing women's issues extremely well on her show. But it's everyone's issues because it affects. <laughs> no, but she's doing she's <laughs> that, that thing where uh, that, 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 that there are two meat sticks. When, when, <laughs> when, when Amy Schumer does the bit about actresses stop 
not being fuckable oh, after yeah. 40 years uh, old. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a woman's issue, right? When she does the thing about the makeup, you know, and having to wear makeup. These are women's issues. And the reason to be doing these is because they haven't been done before, right? And you, when you got a show that's created by two female comics, are they doing enough of this material that we haven't explored yet? on network television, on cable television? I think it's just their per- their chosen perspectives and voices. You know, Amy is choosing to go more of the women's issues roles. If these girls, if that's not their voice necessarily, I don't think they have to. I think they're being strong I'm female voices. I'm not saying voices. they have to. I'm saying, does is this show doing it? Or does it look like it's doing it? Or is it just trying to do down oh, why don't you just take it for what it is it's like yeah. saying oh key and pill are they doing enough black comedy exactly. they're doing comedy and yeah. they're on comedy central but you they have one sketch they have at least one uh racial sketch and an episode yeah i defer to Kara then okay here's my problem they're anti-voting these ladies are anti-feminists <laughs> right they're anti they're scared of the vote only because um, they don't want to do it every day. They're like, oh, I, 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 don't make me do that every day. And, and like, and you're, but it's making satire. fun of women. I don't it's like satire. that. I don't like it's that. Suffragette, suffragette is on the nose. But the thing is, we can make fun of anyone else. We have to make fun of ourselves. We didn't. We we didn't get. We what 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 year is it? It's nineteen oh five. For women, no. We were making we were making earlier in the, in the podcast a joke about. You know what is the state of of tampons in, in all these eras? We didn't get that here. We don't know what the state is in this, in this, uh, in this show. Hopefully, it gets addressed. Of tampons, defer yeah. to Kara. Yeah. She <laughs> is our historian of tampons. Yeah. At that time, there was the period hut, and you would go out to the period <laughs> hut. And yeah. no, I yeah no. This is the historical thing that needs to be explored on the show. So, and um, I don't know. I don't think we have to. Yeah, like address. You know. State of tampons. They don't have to, to, do anything. Comedy, I'm, just, so. I'm just wondering if, if you know, you given two powerhouse female creators, are they are they gonna? That's enough. They're powerhouses. They're doing it. They have a show on Comedy Central. I agree. Why are we dwelling? Like, I would be more yeah. impressed to dwell on this if it was two men writing about periods. Yes, dwell on it to see if they got it right. Well, I will say, as a fem- as a feminist writer, feminist comedian, whatever, I would like. I'm mad that they're not smarter and funnier for the god like oh, do you know goodness. how much they're gonna get trashed they're getting trashed on imdb they're getting trashed are on they? you know these no, reviews but that's like the thing. It's, it's not satire. getting a reputation just, as a thing. smart it's show it is like, it's satire it's going over i think it, yeah. it's, it's not it's it's it's, it's not doing well i don't think it's doing well but and so that kind of makes me sad because i think well you know i, well, I guess you know, I, I just i gotta me, finish my me, pilot right? for me my 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 last thoughts just that from a comedy writing perspective uh, actually, I think I'm falling with Christina on this. It's so hard to do what they did in this pilot and in the second episode, which is introduce 10 interesting characters with different comedic voices. For some reason, I see the blooming onion from Outback. Anyone had one of those? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Right? Oh, those wow. are great. The bloom. It's like a for me. What it's like a. That? I'm seeing a blooming onion of I comedy. I don't there's know what so, that is. There, there's so <laughs> is many different. Like... Yeah, it's a metaphor. Um, there's so many different comedic voices and types of comedy that they jammed into one thing that one episode can't possibly do it justice. I think over the course of the season, it's going to be incredible. They're going to get to explore the stuff that works and doesn't work. So I, I'm, I have a lot of faith that the show is going to improve and I would, I, but I do want more character the way Kara does too. 
What it's going to take totally is stronger writing. Kara's totally right. Some badass guests and some stronger writing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, more character development. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. This is the script. This is produced by Jordan Rosengarten and David Negrin. You can email us, fan mail us, hate mail us, comments, questions, proclamations, uh, questions about about period and tampon history at scriptfeed at gmail.com. Join our Facebook page or Google Plus page by searching for NYC Screenwriters Collective. You can also follow us on Twitter at scriptfeed. If you live in New York City, sign up for one of our workshops at meetup.com under NYC Screenwriters Collective. I'm David Negrin. Thanks so much. The script bonus segment. Now, Kara, Christina, and Melissa bring you the top five tampon replacement items. Um, okay, okay. Well, number five is uh, the just wadded up piece of toilet paper. Yeah. Right. This is that's, that's, that's yeah, this five. is top. This is wait, wait. What's this list? Oh, this is the top five, five period accoutre uh, implements. Depends. depends. It plays double. Solid. It plays double. It's not just the period. It also start, stops the, lar- the, the loud fart. Is it, you get a loud fart that goes with your period? Well, you can. No, I'm saying if you have. I've had a baby. So if you have a lar- lar- like very loud <laughs> fart, you can do the whole bunch up toilet paper to make it a soft, quiet fart. Okay, okay. I like it. You've got too much air. An air freshener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Uh, what, great. what am I putting in my butt? What? <laughs> the toilet paper with like an air freshener. It's like it just like it's like the breeze out your ass. It's just like we got. But you gotta watch <laughs> the chemicals though. All these chemicals are getting around our, our business. That's it. Um. Okay. okay what's so number three? Do it. Number three. What's number three? I'm gonna say it's that big old like the industrial pad. That yes. you find at uh, mental hospitals and yes. um, <laughs> it depends. depends, right? It depends. It depends. I... Or no, wait, it's oops, I shit my pants. A good SNL sketch. Oops, I shit my pants. That's, That's a good one. That's good. That That's good. high quality writing. Yeah. That okay. was good. Number right. two. Number two is number two. Just shove up there. I think like, it's going to be on different ends of this because. No. Number two is, is the men's sock. A man's yeah. sock will come in handy. <laughs> You've had a one sock. night stand. You've had a one night stand. Sports all of a sudden, it's period it time. It can't be a dress sock. It can't no, be a dress sock. No, 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 no. Full on that Terry Cloth athletic sock. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. No, number one of all time, though. It seriously, it's the infinity pad from Always. You can wear it for like fucking forty nine hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. No, that was depend. Right? It was depends. No, what was yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the infinity. Right, well, you've tried it, right, Melissa? That's like the one that gets the back of your back. Such a lifesaver. Yeah. David, David, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Avocado. <laughs> Avocado. It's like a, it's like a pillow for your ass. It just like hugs you, and it's just like absorbent and cozy, and you. That can would make a really good graphic, like <laughs> like this, and her arms are like in a cup motion. I touch your belly button. I touch your back. Your spine. Oh my God! Is that that you just gave me an idea for like a new sex move, which is like, um, you know, like you do a little. <laughs> I'm sure it's been done, you know. Anyway, I'm a suit three hundred and twenty-six. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm just blushing. <laughs> <laughs>